Hey, Nick Flanagan is here. Yeah. And uh, you are the co-host to the podcast. Co-host of the stars. Yeah. and Co-host you're, to the stars. Yeah. You're not on every episode like you used to be. That's because you have your own podcast now, Nick Flanagan Weekly. That's why I'm not on every episode. <laughs> Only because you don't want anyone who has their own podcast co- uh, as a permanent co-host. No, you're still the co-host. I'm uh, still the floating the co-host. Floating co-host. If you need the co-host, I'm getting the call. Right. And if, if because I used to live on the West Coast mm. of America. Well, let's put it this way. If Damien Abraham comes by, I'll always give you a ring as well because I, I always find it to be a, a really good uh, rapport between the three yeah, of us. It's, it's a always spirited fun. convo. Yeah. You know. Um, or, but if Rudy Sarzo's coming through, I'm right. not getting that phone call. Right. So I'd be like, Rudy, uh, so what would you do between, you know, 94 and 97? And you'll be like, hey, does anybody play like Legends of, of the <laughs> Zelda? <Winter?" laughs> I don't League of Legends. I don't play. That's why I stopped. I don't even play Legend of Zelda. All right. Well, that's, well, that that's would be the, the vibe if Rudy comes by. And, and that's just not the vibe you want when you have a, a legend like Rudy Sarzo. Although I have been present for some uh, legends being interviewed. Yeah. Um, so this right now is the intro. Welcome. And I'm going to slip in the intro music here. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. Nick Flanagan is Tango's co-host. Tell him for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fuck Joe. Stop playing Hang Joe. All right. So here we are. Now I've asked Nick to come by because... It is the end of 2019. Last year, I did a year in review by myself. Damn. And I thought it was, uh, it, I thought it was great, but it was also very flat. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought it had like the um, inborn greatness that you bring to everything. Absolutely. Go <laughs> on. Go on. That it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> that I also bring. <laughs> The flatness, the, uh, the, uh, just, uh, you know, you've, you've got, you've got that, that you've got kind of got that Rollins voice, right? Like you kind of, I don't know why you keep saying that. You said that on your podcast about me and that just, I don't, I don't hear it. Maybe I've invented it. Yeah. I think you have this idea in your head that I'm some aggro dude. Hey, RIP to all the people who died this year. It's a veritable who's who. Andre Williams. Uh, Good point. I'd even forgotten. And Kim Shattuck, that was oh, so sad. Oh, Kim Shattuck, that's a big one. And uh, Rip Taylor. And, Rip I mean, Taylor, wow. okay. It, it, Kim it, Shattuck and Andre Williams are, you know. Right, kind of underground. In, in, in our sphere, I think. Dude from the Flaming Groovies just died. That's right, like yeah. two days ago, yeah. three days ago. I mean, as it we really record. just keeps going, you know. Well, yeah, because this is people death. live. And then they <laughs> die. And they, they pass away. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, I didn't think you would start off with well, an RIP, but yeah. it's important. The most important thing is in is my, it? in my world, the Oscars would start with in memoriam, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, just so you spent the rest of the night being mad. They didn't include somebody. Yeah. That's usually what it is. Isn't yeah. it? People go, Oh, I can't believe it didn't have a. Uh, I can't believe you didn't have, um, you know, Banting and Best in the in memoriams. And it's like they weren't actors and they died years ago. Frederick Banting. Yes. What's the other guy's name? George Best? I can't remember. <laughs> Pete Best. 
<laughs> I think it was, actually. <laughs> oh, I've got lots of free time. I'm going to make a pencil and... <laughs> Pencilin? <laughs> Pencil me in to make some penicillin. Um, well, the year started off uh, on a sour note for me personally oh. because uh, Ralph, my dog, was attacked by another dog. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and, and so it w- he was attacked by a boxer mm-hmm. in the neighborhood that I, I'm, I reside in. Mm. We um, were able to track down the owner on the street Yeah, and uh, kind of confronted her mm-hmm. and she ran away. Well, we, we uh, I, I was able to get the name of her dog, mm-hmm. looked it up on the city, uh, wow, the, the citywide uh, listing of all the registered dogs. Yeah, the dog is not registered, meaning, and the, we were told that usually, um, owners don't register dogs they know are aggressive because they'll be taken away from them. Mm. So this dog is, I think, a known dog, not muzzled. Look, the dog is a dog. Big dog's dog? A dog. Big dog. Dog's a dog. Muzzle your dog if you know they're aggressive. So that's yeah. all. And also, there's a $300 vet bill that she owes me. Um, and so that's what we're still... I'm still on the lookout for that for sure. But forget a let's again let's not start on a start <laughs> january kicked off aside from ralph january kicked off with a bang for me you were on tour i went to nam the nam yeah. music convention in oh. la which is where all the uh, musicians get together to talk about guitars and drums and oh, that's instruments fun. and all yeah. that stuff that's too bad that i'm not like a gearhead like that it you're seems- a singer I'm a singer. And it's not usually for singers, so... I have an acoustic guitar at home now, but I don't play it. It's for if people come on the podcast and need a guitar. Right, because I brought my guitar Last on your time, podcast. but now you don't need to. I don't have to anymore. Yeah, Amazing. I've even got a guitar stand. I've really... Amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I played uh, Steve Jones's radio show. Oh, yeah, that's really fun. With Steve Jones. He was the guy that... Uh, the Sex Pistols made a special sandwich for sometimes, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It's gross. They didn't like Steve Jones, even though he was the best player in well, the group. Well, right? He was the best player, wasn't he? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, he... By far. Uh, first of all, he was very nice to me. Yeah. Second of all, I knew from a little bird that he loved one of our old songs, Hot Damn Woman. Cool. So I relearned it especially for Steve and kind of forced lovingly forced him to accompany me on the song. So we both <laughs> played the song together and uh, he was a r- real fun guy. It was great. Did you play live one thin Lizzie song with another band per, per month in, uh, in uh, 2019? No, I didn't do that. You were, you were, uh, that's a joke because yeah, I just feel like every time I open Liz- up your Instagram it's like here I am doing uh, a Thin Lizzy thing no <laughs> yeah. no not at all but I did play I did sing with my friend Marty Friedman at Nam again I've got a couple of days later at his show um, we sang uh, the songs that uh, appear on his album Inferno it sounds like it's sort of rocker camp it is conference it's, you're talking about because it, it sounds like it's a lot of talented, uh, almost legendary musicians who are maybe not legendary 
you know, like if not you were Bono, if, no, but, but if you were to ask Howard Stern, he'd be like, uh, who, you know, yeah. but, but the average within it, the world of, of music, it's like oh, yeah. very exciting. Oh, people. I mean, if you're a fan of music, people just go just to, to, you know, stars, mm-hmm. look at, look at rock stars and they're walking around like Carmine Apice. I, you know, he just walks by me and. I met Lloyd Grant just walking by, and Lloyd Grant is... Who are these guys? Lloyd Grant is nobody oh. to anybody <laughs> other than if you were a Supreme Metallica fan. He played a solo on, I believe, No Life to Leather demo. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is deep. That's a deep cut. And he was yeah. walking around. But that's a big deal to people who are like big metal fans. It's also, you know? it's also cool for people... Um, who are um, visible minorities because Lloyd's guy? a black guy. So he, he 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 came up to their you know their San Francisco special shows and and they still remember him and he's he's definitely in the Metallica world someone you know people know and talk about. So to meet him was was a heavy thing for me. That's really cool. That That's, was cool. And this was a week of your life or two or. Well, I think it lasts for three days or four I days, see. but we were there for two days. I mean, you, you after wow. after one day, uh, one day's the enough. way you were describing it. It made me think it was some sort of like Comic Con. It's Comic Con for musicians, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, what did you? Anything particular f- for you in the beginning of the year? Okay, let's think back. January last year. Um, well, I just gone on a two week trip to New York, which I'm we're doing again this year, which is just like so lucky, you know. And it was it was sort of a mixed bag of of December to January. It's really just a few days in January, so it doesn't totally count. But yeah, that was that was a great way to start the year. And you and your mom meet? No, me and my lady friend. Oh, this year my lady friend is coming with me, but also my mom is coming for a few days as well. So it's gonna be interesting and exciting and uh filled with nagging (laughs) no 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 nagging feelings of regret and uh yeah i i'm trying to think like it is last january was it's always been this highlight of my year this residency i do with my month this residency i do with al senior so you do that all the time. Yeah, but I mean, we had one in January, too. So it was just like, that's a good way to start the year. You know, it's just... It's uh, continuing on, though. Every month, uh, second Sunday, hopefully we I can should go. Danko Jones as an attendee and a performer. Well, yeah. when I, when this Noise album I have on the rocks here uh, yeah. gets released, uh, I, I definitely want to do a record release party there. At the residency? Yeah. <laughs> 3 p.m. on a Sunday. The fact it's at 3 p.m. in my neighborhood is just like very, a dream come true. V- yeah, very convenient. But it's been weird. Like, comedy has uh, been something I'm still doing consistently, but I mostly do it at the Transact now. Like, those monthly shows have be- you know, it's been hard for me to get back into the sort of grinding thing. I don't know what it is. Coming back from Los Angeles to Toronto, it's just like, uh, it just feels weird sort of trying to do a million shows you should do a documentary on yourself (laughs) uh fashioned after jerry seinfeld's comedian yeah but i'm just like showing why you uh are why i'm sloppier (laughs) no no just like you're delusional and um, no no no. in the doc you Uh would be this delusional comedian who's getting their set prepared Uh And then instead of, you know, how Jerry walks out in front of, I don't know where he's performing, but some 2,000 soft seater 
at the end. Right. You walk out on a open mic Tuesday at the end with your full show like finished. Like Joker. What's jo- Did you see Joker? No, I didn't see that. You know what? Joker was good. I, I, I mean, I'm not... Yeah, it was it not was gonna it was it. a pleasant surprise because I definitely was like, oh god, like the yeah, run up to exactly. this sucks. The fact that they're promoting it in a way that people is trying to like seem like they're sparking an organic conversation about shootings <laughs> and incels is bullshit. And um, then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is fine. This is just like an '80s dark Batman story, you know. I will put it on the list for 2020. Yeah. And then as I went through life, or after watching it, I was like, "Mm." now I like, no, it doesn't suck. I just was like actually relating to like scenes in the movie where he's like, wow, it hits you hard way having a hard time. And I'm just like, oh God, you're the Joker. I'm the fucking Joker. But yeah, there's a part where he goes to an open mic and does the thing. Maybe, but I think even just being at the transit, because we do it in a tiny room, it's like the whole build-up to just doing it in this small room in the afternoon. <laughs> Maybe that will be my movie. I wish I could remember January and February. Though. Yeah, now see, I feel... Oh, no, you know what? That The beginning of the year was a super highlight, because Dave Hill and I were doing a lot of things together at that time, or at least this one show in um, Montreal that we did together. Uh, at Casa del Popolo was a blast. Dave Hill needs to be on the podcast. Yeah, I'm surprised See, he would he be someone been. where, well, he's always up here. It's just yeah. I'm never in town when he is. And if he is, then we'll, that would be another occasion to bring you on. Pull me out for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, so Dave Hill became, has become like a, a buddy, you know, and then uh, we went to Montreal together and played this show at Casa. And what was extra cool about that was, I uh, have these friends, Roy and Hannah, who are in Red Mass together in, in a band called Birds of Paradise. Birds of Paradise opened, but also they backed me up while I did stand-up that night. Oh, like they Todd Glass? They improvised the music behind me. Is that what Todd Glass does, too? On his Netflix special, yeah. So now I feel... Like Todd Glass? Like... I am ripping off Todd Glass, but it didn't really <laughs> sound like I was ripping off Todd Glass, I think, because he's probably got a classier band, you know, with horns. Well, it's also... Um, it's comedians, you, I think, that he gets to play, some of them. It, you can tell it's a little scripted, yeah. you know, when they come in for comedic effect. But yeah, so so that was uh, that was cool. That was really fun. So now I've, I've pulled something right. out of nothing, memory-wise. Well, let's see... Um, February, February, and that's another thing I realized, I think this year or last year, that I've never pronounced the word February properly. So you want to, th- the R is now something you're focusing on. I'm focusing the, on the, the, first, the first, R. first R. Yeah. Um, Nashville Pussy, we went on tour West wow. Coast with those dudes. Been a long time coming. We've always talked about it, and we finally made it happen. Um and we had a blast with those guys. I mean, Blaine and, and Ryder and Bonnie. I mean, all those dudes are just great people. Uh, and then we uh, Jello came out to the San Francisco show. <laughs> Jocko came out to the... Jocko Willink came out to oh, the San Diego. Oh, I was hoping Diego. it was Jocko Pastorius. <laughs> <laughs> Jocko Willink came out to the San Diego show. Um, yeah, it was a fun tour. So uh, hats off to the... Uh, Nashville Pussy Guys. Yeah, sure. My hat's off. My remember when they played uh 
what's it called? That that venue in Toronto that was like a there's m- lots of them. A metal venue at Washington oh. and Queen. Oh yeah, yeah. Generator. Generator. When they played Generator, that was a big deal. Man, they were just the buzz of the year in Toronto. Ninety eight. Yeah. They played four times and ev- all of musicdom. Yeah. Was waiting for them to. Uh, I don't really know what everybody expected. They were a am rep band at the time and yeah. playing like, like balls to the walls rock that had no radio commercial appeal, which is why the underground loved them. They were kind of filthy and as yeah. well, and they were also like it was amazing. Weird, they were like a weird spin on the um, demolition doll rods concept, you know, where it was like they were just playing. Like obviously, it was mostly rider. Right? Honestly, like, let's be way better players. Oh, of course. And Blaine yeah. had nine pound hammer as you know, kind of garage rock cred behind him. Uh huh. And if and we're talking Corey about Parks, I mean, what's she been in? She was the original bass player. She was like, yeah, yeah. But what 70. was she in any other bands? No, but I mean, she yeah, was Corey def- was a big deal. She was, you know, some fire breathing, you know, on stage. Yeah, that's what I'm that saying. They, but and and uh, that reminds me of Demolition Doll Rods is actually that I have enjoyed Danny Croha in the last couple of years. Danny Dollrod, he's put out uh, some fun albums. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, that's what we do now. I follow. Hey, Black Moon have a new album. Yeah, that's my um, 2019. It, it came out this year. It's out. It just came out. Oh, so just at the tail end of the year, uh, one of my uh, '90s favorite rap groups. Yeah, absolutely. Enter uh, the moon. Enter the Enter stage. The stage. <laughs> and then Enter the, the second album, Total Eclipse, or maybe that was their yeah third. Oh, album. I didn't really listen. They had to Warzone that one. and Total Eclipse, and then 16 years later, they put out a new album Odd. with the Beat Miners doing the music. Oh. And uh, the group is back. It's Five Foot Accelerator and Buckshot, the BDIMC. And, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's not like... What were they doing all that time? Interviews? <laughs> Podcasts. I mean, you could at least say, you know, Wu-Tang were very busy. Yeah, you know. But... I think Buckshot, I mean... You know he's been doing something, I, but like he's been he's been active. You know the only reason why I, I say Wu Tang is because no one remembers. But when Wu Tang put out Enter the Thirty Six Chambers, that album and Black Moon's Enter the Stage and The Shine In by Smith and Wesson. Sure, you can put them in that yeah. category. Uh, they Mob Deep, The took, Infamous, yeah, that Nas one as well. Matic. No, not Nas. They they took those four. Groups took rap, uh, uh, to 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 a in a different direction in terms of like stripped down beats, mm-hmm. very s- slowed it down, stripped it down, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas before it was like the whole Diamond D and the jazz aesthetic and that whole thing. Mm, they put they too. still had horns in there, but Buck Wild, this type of stuff. But you know what I mean? Like everything was really stripped down, and people forget about that. Wu Tang were able to capitalize on it, mm. and I thought Black Moon's Enter the Stage was superior. Well, Deshine, if we're talking about sheer production, I do think that The Shine In and, and Enter the Stage are almost the high point of 90s, 90s rap production. Yeah, I agree. Primarily because, especially with, with The Shine In, the, the sequencing. You See, know, no, like if, I don't know that. If you follow that. that record and how the songs go into each other, I mean, I don't know that many rap albums that have that smoothest thing. Plus, like, I got into Alice Coltrane this year, and 
They're year. sampling. They're sampling Alice Coltrane. They're sampling. You know the. Yeah. They the, took you that long to get into her. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, this, I'm not music shaming you on the mic. This year <laughs> has been really good for me getting into like Alice Coltrane and Pharaoh Sanders and Sun Ra, and uh, I, I've gotten older now that I'm closer to forty. Um, jazz makes sense. Jazz makes more sense, and um, also Warren Zevon makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Getting Randy your, Newman getting your, makes more sense. I've always liked Randy Newman. And getting your prostate examined makes, makes more, more sense. sense. It's, it's, it feels better if you're listening to a Randy Newman album. Well, getting your prostate yeah. examined. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You want like, uh, what's that song? Um, the Amazing Dancing Bear. <laughs> or uh, You've Got a Friend in Me. If your doctor is humming You've Got a Friend in Me while you're getting a prostate exam, good doctor. We put out an album Hello, this doctor. year. We, we put out an album. It's called A Rock Supreme. So that was really... Jazz the, reference. Yes. The big... That was the huge thing of the year for, for the band. Mm-hmm. And we went on tour and there was press tours and shows and interviews to do. So it was a year on, as we say, <coughs> in our camp. Um, and uh, yeah. Were you happy with how that all went? Very happy. We did it with Garth Richardson. Mm-hmm. And uh, that took us to places like we went back to Australia and it had been six years since, and we hadn't headlined since Oh five. Wow. So you were headlining for the first time in 14 years, something like that. And now you've provided me with the perfect entrance point to do an impression of Australians, which you usually slip in, in every episode. (laughs) So, uh, Mr. Jones, uh, have you ever been here before? Sounds like a homeless Australian guy. <laughs> we can be a toothless here Australian of the weather. It's fine. And I'll tell you, let's say the cost of living here is so high, I'm surprised there's not more. Are you sure that's not a Australian Kiwi or a New Zealander? Thing. No, the New Zealander would be like, I'm trying to go there. I can't go there because I don't want to go there. There. <laughs> there. Um... And let's see. Where's he trying to go? We uh, we were um, on the George Strombolopoulos show. Yeah, George Strombolopoulos because of the album. George Strombolopoulos. Strombo, they call him. Strombo. He has a show now out of his home. That's yeah. So we had to play palatial estate. It's no. It's um. It's really close to Queen and 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 I don't think he's gonna. It's a pretty well-known thing. He lives near Queen and Spadina. Is he... Is it a false home? Like, he lives somewhere else? Right. Uh, I mean, that could be, but I don't believe it is. It's uh, it's his place. Yeah. Wow. And you play, like, you know, you, it's kind of a sunken kind of living room area where the bands play. It's a kitchen area there, so too. So, like, the rainbow room, like, um, the rainbow, when you know where the bands play in the rainbow? You ever been in the rainbow? You Bands admit. play at the rainbow? Yeah. It's like most places in LA that you would never want to see a band turn out to have like venues. A stage. So this, and they have a, a sunken stage that looks like a horrifying no one, place to no see No one plays. I mean, there's better clubs just literally a block away. Where's your, what's your take on Viper Room? Uh, we're playing there. Uh, in February again. You sound excited. No, no, no. It, it's a, it's, it's pretty a cool place. to go yeah, to the yeah. Viper Room. It's very intimate, but at the same time, um, 
you could put on a good show there. I think that the Viper Room is somewhere where, yeah, it's a small venue. We're playing with the Junkyard. What's Junkyard? That was, oh, well, he's not in the band anymore, but he kind of comes in as Brian Baker from Minor Threat. Oh. Um, Bad Religion. Crazy. He started that band. Anyways, um, yeah, I got a call from Damien Abraham when we mm-hmm. announced those shows. <laughs> Play the Junkyard. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, yeah. Oh, you know who I met this year? No. Of note. A no. couple of guys. There's a couple of people. One of them, mm-hmm. a fellow Scarberian, mm-hmm. met him at Sweden Rock because he stink, He sings he for stinks. Sticks. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, Larry Gowan. Oh, you um, met Gowan finally. Gowan. That's a big deal for you, I'm sure. Yeah, it was a You're big deal. You're a fan deal. of CanCon. Yeah. I, lo- I, I mean, Larry Gowan is a Canadian rock icon. icon. That's right. <laughs> so I went up to him, and, you know, he was just sitting in there in the shuttle, and I immediately went up to him, and I started name-dropping people from Toronto so he knows that I know. Yeah. And, You're uh, like, I've been to Metalworks Studios. <laughs> I know Gilmore, but I've seen the Anvil movie. <laughs> I I uh, uh, I I walked away from that meeting with him, um, even more of a fan. Oh, great! So he's a great guy, and uh, also met Pete Way at Sweden Rock. Pete Way from UFO. Oh, that's that was really pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, very cool. And uh, Jared James Nichols, who is a burgeoning r- guitar hero. If he isn't already, I mean, so a huge fan of his uh, playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I got to do Just for Last in Toronto this year. That was fun. I did the alternative show with uh, former guest Andy Kindler. Oh, and uh, how was that reunion? It's always great seeing Andy. I mean, I I would see him not regularly in Los Angeles, but we, we cross paths and He's just a great guy, and if you ever listen to the Majority Report with Sam Cedar, he often calls in on a Friday, and they make fun of Dennis Miller and Bill O'Reilly, and it's it's pretty oh, fun. those are two characters I would love to join in on. Yeah, well, it's it's making it's a, fun of it's a funny thing. You don't want to go on Bill O'Reilly's weird podcast. Oh he my did God. after. <laughs> I think Bill. O- I don't like Bill O'Reilly. No, I mean we live in a golden age of uh, horrible people. Horrible having, people like. A lot of platforms. cool stuff. Yeah, platforms and... Having large platforms. Focus. I mean, it's really weird because, you know, when we were kind of younger and, you know, it just seemed like there were lots of people with sketchy ideas or, you know, subversive but kind of gross viewpoints. And they were almost interesting because they had a small fan base, you know, and often they made music or were decent writers or something. And then... You know, people still hated them, even at that time. But then those people wound up, a lot of them wound up becoming sort of almost mainstream in a sense. The internet just I, I kind of know all. some of the people you're talking about. I'd yeah. rather not mention their no, names. No, I don't even want to stay on this topic, yeah. but, but I'm just saying that now. Anyway. The uh, Raptors won. The Raptors won the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi left, but they're still doing well, so, so this we're, is all nice stuff. We're Torontonians, so it meant a, a lot, deal. even though I'm personally not invested in basketball But it's my favorite sports. sport to see live. I'll admit as well. Yeah, it's, it's so exciting live. It's very exciting. Yeah. If you get a chance, never turn down the opportunity to go to a Raptors game or, or a, a NBA basketball game. Jazz. Um, the Utah Jazz. Oh, okay. I didn't know what you were even saying. It just, yes. um, and then 
uh, they won in July. We played with Hank Von Hell, uh, the ex-singer of Turbo Negro, uh, at uh, Liseberg in Gothenburg this year. We played oh, that's Liseberg. Cool. Yeah, we played Grona Lund. We played Sweden Rock, like I mentioned. Played a whole bunch of other shows, like Steelhouse Festival, where I was able to meet Living Color, which was oh wow personal career highlight. Vernon. Met Vernon, met Corey, and Corey was actually, wow, a really, really nice guy. That's great. Yeah, he actually, our, our dressing room was kind of, you had to make an effort to get to it, let's put it that way. <laughs> and he did, after we played, just to tell us like what a great set it was. That's really cool. So that was really nice. And we played the Malakoff Festival. I know I'm missing a few. Tsunami Festival, we opened for The Offspring mm. a couple of times, actually. Noodles. Noodles was nice. Actually, he's the only guy I met. Was keeping from... separated there? The guy? <laughs> you know, because that's just oh, the guy. The, the, the actor. Is he an videos. actor? I don't know who he is, but but uh, Noodles was there, and he's... I'll, actually, I've met him. Not met him, but like he's always you know, been really nice, and hey, how's it going? He's, I think he came to see us when we played on the uh, Soundwave Festival in Australia. I loved Smash when it came out, and it was... Uh... CFNY was right by me, and I went to meet the Offspring when they made an appearance at the Whoa, radio station. You are so a fan. Well, I I was living like ten minutes away, so oh. I would just walk down. I saw the Ramones get interviewed, we wow. get interviewed, Whoa, uh, Trent Reznor get interviewed, and Offspring, Stereolab, Bad Religion. So and oh, I came Stereolab. down for all. Why of would it. they be on CFNY? They would never play Stereo Lab. because it was like the mid to late 90s. They'd never play Stereo Lab. I don't know, man. Just because they wanted to. Anyways. There was that. There was a bit more range. They played Pavement at that time. So, you know. They didn't play Pavement. They did. That was where I heard the song Cut Your Hair on alternative rock radio in the late 90s. No, in the mid 90s. Um, Well, okay. Check this out. Movie of the year. How how what, pick a movie? Well, I mean, I would say it was a good year for movies. I would say The Irishman, but I haven't seen it yet. I'm going with The Irishman. You saw it in the theater. Why? It's amazing in the theater. But it's, it's actually a better experience. If you have the it theater. on Netflix, why? We didn't have it on Netflix at the time. We went before well, it was out on I Netflix know, when I know. it was in the theatrical run, and it was amazing on the big screen, and it was actually. You know, someone said to me, oh, it was shot pretty plainly for a Scorsese movie. And, you know, Scorsese has a bunch of movies that don't look that great. Like, not in a bad way, but just that don't have a standout feel. Like, Cape Fear is even a bit like that. Oh, I, you know? it's been years since I saw that. And um, Bringing Out the Dead is kind of like that, you know, where it's... And, and even After Hours... Well, no, After Hours has a feel. But anyway, I loved The Irishman. I was crazy for it. It's So uh, it's the movie of the year. For me so far, I haven't seen Lighthouse, um, and I haven't seen Uncut Gems, which everyone is raving about. With, I can't uh, even Sandler. remember the movies I've seen in theaters, it's but I've seen only mo- a few. Good movie year, I think. I can't remember. What yeah, I saw. Wasn't Infinity Gauntlet this year, too? The Infinity War final one? I believe so. That yeah. was good. Yeah, it was good. Joker was good. Um, but Irishman, all the way. In August, what did you do? We're in the summer now. Wow, you skipped many months. July, August. July. Or June, July, August. What else? What Ju- do you got? June, July, August. I said Gow. August. I'm at Gowan. The Raptors won. We played with Hank. 
Von Hell. We played with The Offspring. I feel like I was just trying to do like a lot of years of taxes in July. <laughs> so there's not. Okay, well then I'm yeah. gonna say it. I got a shout out from Freddie Madball when we played the, with them at the Silac Festival. Yeah, and I met Greg Ginn. Um, Anyways, um, sang with Volbeat in Toronto. Yeah, at Knotfest, Slipknot Fest, and I met Nergal from Behemoth, which was another fun meeting here are my new year's resolutions yeah let me hear it just get lose 20 pounds okay good resolution a lot of people share that yeah yeah classic you can say resolution. i do too but <laughs> not 20 pounds no if you lost 20 pounds you'd be rail thin you'd look like moby is moby that thin no but he feels I'd, that thin. i'd be like snoop dog he's really skinny yeah, he's really skinny he's he's you know what he's lasted you know, Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah, he's a he king. Is, he is lasting. And who is? Uh, what is? What is your other resolution? Um. Oh, you're making this up now. No, I've I've thought about a few, and it's just like, it's kind of like, you this, know, get a handle on the routines that work for me. Oh, this is going back to the Nick Flanagan weekly podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting I'm getting emo. But no, I want to be more on time. Well. This will start in the new year, Nick? I can't guarantee it, but, you know. Because it's not starting now. Didn't start today, but I did give you a heads up. Yeah. And I drove here. That's a start. <laughs> Just a drive. <laughs> it's a start. Well, my new, start the car. my new year's resolution would be uh, the same as it's been, which I've never been able to fulfill. I did it the first year I said it, which is read a book a month. Yeah, that's tricky. And... I noticed this year I was uh, really bad at that. I think I read f- three or four books. Bad. Yeah. Bad. And I have a stack of it that has to really get read. And the to read stack. Yeah, it's getting is, too high. Is, is, is embarrassing. Um, so, yeah, that's my main New Year's resolution. Well, um, I will also say that a commonality. I find between I've I've realized between your podcast and mine is well we've both been on them but uh, also you and I are facing a wall of culture basically right now maybe I'm not facing it but we're right by all these great books and comics and CDs and mm-hmm. toys and art and uh, my room is similar if yeah. you'll recall actually you're right I didn't yeah. even think about it but you do have a, a- a wall of books when you walk into your bedroom. Which actually reminds me of a sort of overall year insane move slash highlight, which is my deep descent into gaming. Oh, here we go. And retro gaming. Oh, my God. And so over the course of the year Holy and shit. last year, I've acquired a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Sega Genesis. Okay. I have my old PS2. Still got it. Backwards wow. compatible with PS1. Dreamcast, Sega Dreamcast, which is an incredible system and uh, underrated system, and PS4, and just recently, a PS3. Why, Nick? There's so many fun games for all of them. No, but I was in Quebec the other... Why a PS3? Well, the PS3 was kind of just for fun. Like, 
I was on this sort of trading website and someone I traded with before had it. And I was like, you know, sure. And I got this PS3 basically for no money. And I had bought this sort of Sega Genesis collection of games that was for PS3 before I even had PS3. So, you know, I I just had a game I wanted to play on it. And now it resides in my room. I also have like a TV. I have like a CRT VHS TV combination that I play like Genesis and Super Nintendo on. And now next to that in my room, I have like an HDTV that's connected to the PS2 and PS3. So I can watch Netflix and stuff in my room on that TV. And then facing that, I have my laptop computer attached to a large monitor. So I've got four screens, not counting my phone, in my bedroom. And then in the other room, the big TV is connected to the Dreamcast and the PS4. So I have gone completely bonkers. I've gone nuts. The other week, just around this area... Can I sample that last sentence? Yes! Um, I got... I bought with my own money. Well, really, is anyone's money their own? But I, whatever the case that may be, I got the PS2 video games for The Sopranos, Scarface, and The Godfather. <laughs> How's The Sopranos video game? It's called Road to Respect. Um, I actually just opened it up yesterday to play, um, and <laughs> it is not great. But it it has all the voice actors. Really? Yeah, oh, like Gandolfini cool. does a lot of voice work on it, and uh, Tony Sirico and and uh, Little Steven, and they're all doing voices. And what were the other ones? Scarface. Yeah. How's that? I haven't played that one yet, but uh, there are some returning actors in it. But of course, Al Pacino does not do the voice of <laughs> right. Tony Montana. But basically, this <laughs> this game, the Scarface game, is like. They've made it so, like, Tony somehow actually wasn't killed at the end of Scarface. Spoiler alert. And uh, survived, and he's out for revenge. That's pretty cool. (laughs) And the Godfather one is apparently really good, but I haven't played that either. Oh, wow. It's wild they made a Godfather game. The fact you got them in a bundle is kind of cool, I have to admit. Yeah, I think... You know, part of the fun of video game collecting is just sort of realizing what it is that you want. Like, I don't really believe in sort of completist video game collecting. I think it's, like, kind of insane, kind of too much, uh, pretty crazy. Because you're, you're also... You're one to talk. I mean, you're ta- maybe not video games, but your consoles, you're like a completist. Well, that's that's a very finite amount. You know, but I actually, it is true. I'm trying to get a Nintendo DS. I'm trying to get a Nintendo 64. Like I'm, I'm in, you know, did you say a Commodore 64? No, Nintendo 64. Oh, 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 oh. But honestly, if someone was like, do you want a Commodore 64? I'd go, yeah, sure. They they had the games. I I mean, I was at Fan Expo Mm -hmm. this past September Mm -hmm. and they had like a Commodore 64 kind of console with a USB outlet you pl- and there's like 20 yeah. games. Well, people are actually one of the thing things that's so interesting about um the this stuff now is just like that people love the music. So actually whatever the music chip was in Commodore 64, people love it and the Game Boy one is the same. Well, who did we have on the podcast? You and I uh what was his name? The comedian 
Oh, uh, Brent Weinbach. Brent Weinbach yeah. loves video game music. Video game music. Well, video game music. There's a lot of really good stuff, and you know, if you look at say Super Nintendo versus Genesis, they both had interesting like soundtrack for their best games. You know, and and then on top of that, um. Yeah, there's Commodore 64, and there's there's people are just really into the old games. And if you're interested in YouTubers who are like all about video games, Sega Lord X is the master of all things Sega, especially Sega Saturn. You know I'm a big supporter of Sega Lord X, right? And right. Uh, Scott the Waz, he's fun. Game Sack, of course. Uh, Top Hat Gaming Man is really cool. You'd probably like Top Hat Gaming Man. Probably. He talked a lot about Commodore 64 and uh, uh, sort of, he's European, so he's got this whole like Sega, he's got a different take on Sega stuff because that's where it was popular. It was most popular. And he's just a very interesting one. And yeah. Have you been to Retro Game Brothers? Not yet, no. But you've told me about it. I have. For my upcoming trip to New York, which will be in December, so it's probably going to be a highlight of the year. Um, it is December. At the end. It's in oh. like four days that I'm going. And uh, we are, I, I have discovered there is something that's basically like the Nintendo equivalent of that Lego store that's kind of in the middle of the city. And I'm going to go for sure. But on top of that, they have some sort of a playground that is like Mario level one or whatever, Super Mario World. And you're going to go? No, but I looked at the count. I'm not going to play in that. Yeah, I'm not a Nintendo freak. But uh, there is this hilarious event I saw when I went on the website where I guess for all of December every day they're doing a Mario and Luigi live Q&A. <laughs> and you're going to go. I've got some cues for Luigi specifically. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, that's your video game corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you were off the mic. Nick was very insistent on bringing this topic up. It was a big part of my year. And the podcast, keeping doing the podcast was also a highlight. Getting a producer for the podcast. Is it a weekly podcast? Yeah. Even though it's spelled W-E-A-K. Yeah, it's weekly. And I try to put out a few a week. I definitely saw my output with it go down because I was doing like four a week last year. And sometimes it's solo, and uh, I also have guests, and I had a lot of fun guests. I've been on year, it twice, including you and and Damian, Allison, uh, Allison Baker, my former Baker, band, and Matt Hutch, who was also in Team Chord Combo with me, was just a guest. Oh, okay. Robin Hatch, this keyboardist. Oh, I know Robin. Last I've sung year with Dwayne Gretzky, a couple right? Of times. Yeah, cool. And and yeah, so Robin was just on the podcast. She's amazing. She's singer. a great singer she and, and the keyboardist. Hell out of- well, like, she did this. I think it was Joni Mitchell, and she nailed it. That's incredible. She's put out quite a few albums on Bandcamp in the last few day uh, months, like more than one album. And uh, yeah, I've had uh, you know great comedians, Canadian comedians, and I'm sure Tim Gilbert came on the podcast this year. And so Tim yeah, Tim Gilbert was on your podcast. Yeah, this year. yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. He's been on this one too. Um, okay, well, moving on, we're in the fall now, which is now where we are almost. Yeah. Um, we put out a, our first um, performance video in mm-hmm. over 10 years, I think, this year, where we're actually like lip syncing to the song playing called Fists Up High. Mm. We did that with Patrick Ulius, Ulius um, who's an amazing video director. Mm-hmm. And uh, on a sad note, oh God, uh, the magazine that I've been writing for since 2006 
ended in September. What magazine is that? Close Up Magazine out of Stockholm, Sweden. And it is the uh, was the premier metal magazine in Sweden, and it it uh, it's too bad that it had to fold, but it's due to obviously the digital age, and it's too 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 uh, too sad. They're going to continue on with the close up boat cruises where they have like bands play on a cruise ship mm-hmm. and people go. And are they maintaining an online presence? So far, yeah, because they made this like close up magazine end shirt. Mm-hmm. That they're posting about how to order, or and is it a digital shirt that if you touch it, it's like an Apple Watch, and you can do your email. So you had a good fall. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a the great, leaves a fell, gracious fall. But Danko Jones rose. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Volbeat, who are um a very successful and very popular band yeah. uh, asked us out on tour. We toured with Baroness and Volbeat and mm-hmm. we did two legs. Baroness Von Sketch. No, not Baroness Von Sketch. The band Baroness. The band Baroness. We to- we did two legs, the one in the UK and um, we also hit Spain and France and Portugal in that leg. And then we did mainland Europe, which was mainly the Germanic countries and uh, Scandinavian countries which we just returned from, and that was uh, arenas and stadiums. That's so cool. So it was a fun tour. Very, I would have to say, very easy for us. I mean, so so sound very is, cush. The sound uh, at these arena shows that you're dealing with is generally good. Can be bouncy, yeah. you know, but when Volby come, I mean, it's sold out. So all those bodies, 17,000 right. bodies, the acoustics make it sense. definitely warms up the room. And it sounds great. And they and treated you nicely, the crowds? The crowd, the Volby crowd treated us great. Uh, mm-hmm. The band and the crew treated us great. I sing on, uh, not this new album, but the one before. So they had an association. The fans might have had an association yeah. with your band. And together. they would bring me up to do the song. That's and I would great. come from underneath the stage. Oh my God. Can I tell you a couple of highlights now in the last uh, month or two? Yeah. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, I just, you said fall, so... So I opened for Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet with comedy. You know, I did stand-up opening for Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet, who are just a group I always loved. And Allison, who we mentioned, was just a disciple when she first started uh, doing learning guitar, you know, in her teens, uh, of Brian Connolly, the guitarist in Shadowy Men. They make a lot of noise for a three-piece, which you've got to appreciate. And now Shadowy Men is... You know, unfortunately, Reed Diamond uh, died years ago, but it it's Dallas Good from the Sadies and etc. And uh, Brian Connolly and Don Pyle on drums. So, and they did this super thoughtful thing for having a comedian open, where you could only really do it with a band like them. But they did two sets. So they opened the show. Then I did stand up. Then there was another set from them. They did that for you. I don't think they did it for me, but they did it for the show to work well, you know, because did people stick around for both sets. Of course it was, it was sold out in a small venue. It, they did three nights at the Monarch, you know? So whereas maybe they could have done, you know, a larger space for one night. So you did three nights of comedy. No, they did got different openers every, every, there was so, one night where I don't even know if they had an opener, but so who was the other opener? It was uh, TV freaks, the band from Hamilton. Okay. Um, and and uh, you sound really excited about this whole reunion. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's good. I like Don. And then the other uh, 
highlight was that, you know, um, so I think we had one, the, my band with my friend Andrew, Wrong Hole, played oh, yeah. the Bovine Sax Club, for, and that was our first show in three or four I years. I would have gone, but it I was, wasn't it was, in town. It's always stressful. When I was play. playing in front of about, I don't know, ten to 20,000 people. Yeah, I feel like that was around when you texted me, when I was like, the shows are going well. And then you were like, yeah, we just played. Four, <laughs> I did not do it like that. I'm pretty bodies. sure I did it, but it was either as a joke or a retort to your, I don't know, like uh, sarcastic uh, jab. Uh-huh. Or you needled me for something and I... For something. I needled you, you for something. No, you needled me for... Royalties? No, for, I don't know, for being in a hard rock band that gets played on radio or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Another thing I never, ever bother you about. <laughs> you totally have. No way. You... T- oh, man. Nick, off the record, I won't say it. I'll say it off the mic. So, the other highlight was that wrong whole show. But on top of that, we were playing with a former bandmate of mine from Brutal Nights, and we wound up doing a sort of semi-Brutal Nights reunion because it was myself and John Sharon, the other one of the, the guitarists, and then Katie, who was the other guitarist. All right. We got up, and the rest of it was the drummer, the, the guys from the Plastic Heads, which is John's new band. So we did, like, four songs at that Bovine show at the end, and it was, like, really fun. And people were singing along. Was that, a, was, that was, like, a impromptu thing? Well, I mean, it, it came together within, you know, a month. Like, once oh, we asked the Plastic No, it wasn't heads. like, hey, Kate. Kate no, we here. don't have it that down that you can just... <laughs> Katie was there, and then we just did the songs together, and his band knew the music. But it wasn't a lot of practicing. I was actually pleasantly surprised at how easy it was to do Brutal Night songs like nine years later. It was like really Why easy. Why would you think it would be hard? I don't know. Just be, to sort of reacquaint myself with the entire deal. Like you said, like... you had to relearn that song to impress Steve Jones. Um... And then there's a couple of things of note that I just want to say that I was involved in that I haven't really been able to say, which is, first of all, Phil Campbell from Motorhead put out an album called Old Lions Still Roar, and I am singing on a track called Walk the Talk with Nick Oliveri. Wow. And then um, I was asked to give a quote for a book called uh, The Flyer Vault, Mm -hmm. which is 150 years of Toronto concert history. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, by uh, Daniel Tate. Okay. And my old professor who's been on this podcast, Rob Bowman. Wow. So I, I was uh, asked to, to do a quote, and I, I haven't seen a hard copy of the book, but I am quoted um, either on the sleeve or in the back or something like that. That actually reminds me of another highlight of the year, which is Dave Hill, who we mentioned earlier. His book, Parking the Moose, came out this That's year. That's right, yeah. yeah. On Random House, and uh, I'm in the book. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he references me. So I was uh, in a book. Cool. You know, That's not bad. It's pretty awesome. Nice Thanks, way Dave. to exit the year. Also, I'm, in, I'm singing on a song by a band called Romano Nervoso from Belgium called Wild Boy. Um, and that was a really good song. And then we finished the Volby tour with a bang at Royal Arena in Copenhagen in front of 20,000 people, Nick. Wild. And uh, then we played a few shows, Lee's Palace being one of them. Dave Hodge Mm. introduced us. I wish I could have seen that show. Um, The number one Canadian hockey icon, Dave Hodge. My friend uh, had not seen you ever. 
and she did not know what to expect, really. Like, she knew about you guys, but she didn't. Through the podcast. Not. Nick Flanagan Weekly. Maybe. I mean, she does listen to my podcast. But she saw you, and she was like, I loved it. It was oh, I'm so glad. fun. And then was, we yeah, put on a fun so show. So that was great. And then we Dear. ended it in Kitchener, Waterloo at Maxwell's like three nights ago. And, and so, that, yeah, your voice sounds like it's 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 still yeah, been it's rocked a, little a, bit, bit. a bit rocked. Yeah. So now I'm officially on vacation and not doing a damn thing. How long's the vacation? Rest of life? <laughs> uh freedom. Um <laughs> Uh, we head back to Belgium in January. Belgium and Holland. Cool. Say the end of January. Antwerp. Say hi to Antwerp. Antwerp. Yeah, we just played Antwerp. Where is that again? Belgium. In Belgium. Yeah. Okay. Just let me we just sure. played uh, in November. We were in Antwerp. Are you going with to, Volbeat? Are you going to Ghent? Uh, you know what? We might. I just uh, don't know the dates mm. offhand. Right. This always happens head. with uh, touring musicians or touring people. When I talk to them, I'm like, are you going there? And they're like, I don't know. What, you think I memorized this? We're going to the place, and we're wandering show to show yeah. doing our thing. And I go, I guess I have too much of a, too little going on that I always remember the one or two places I'm going to do stuff. Well, when was the last time you toured? When was the last time I toured? It would have been 20... 2016 it was like maybe 2017 it was like oh, three or four so dates not... with Neil Hamburger oh that's cool yeah it was like Santa Cruz some other places oh yeah it was pretty fun that's a lot of fun yeah well, well you gotta go I gotta go I wish we could have lunch I can't have lunch and uh, I gotta go rain check on lunch sure I gotta go that means we gotta go all right, so thanks a lot, and rejoin us in 2020. Have a happy new year. And a healthy 2020. Fists up high. I got my fists up high.